Welcome, 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 welcome back to a random MLB podcast brought to you by at random MLB stars on Instagram. My name is Tommy. I'm joined by my good friend Greg, and sadly, I'm not joined by my friend Josh tonight. It's just a two-man pod to bring us back. We've gotten a few interviews the past few weeks, and now we're back to talk some baseball. And I'm excited because the worst day of baseball is better than the best day of lacrosse. And that's all I have to say about that. Gregory, wow. how are we feeling today? Um, well, 30 seconds in, I didn't know we were coming right at lacrosse. Sorry, everybody. I'm sure some of you out there listening probably you know, loved the sport a lot. Actually, I don't think so. Middle school, and I feel bad that Tommy just started off like that. But let me first address hot take. Let me me first address the uh, the big absence of the day of Josh. Uh, Sorely missed, uh, but he will be back yet again. We, you know, he's he's an astronaut. Um, I didn't want to disclose that information publicly, but the truth of the matter is. Uh, International Space Station called last second thing. Just had to fix a few wires, pull a few plugs up there on the ISS. So he'll he'll be back next week. Uh, but until then, we got the fort covered. But what, were what you, do you what think? Were you gonna the, say? The, what were you gonna say about well, the two things. One, one a hot take. I don't think because growing up lacrosse and baseball were the same season. I don't think there were many crossover lacrosse fans who were baseball fans. I think that's an actual thing. Two, what do you think of the odds are that we could get Josh to change his Instagram handle from to at Spaceman Josh? Um, now that I just outed him to the public as an actual U.S. Astro, you can go look this up, actually, if you go on Google. He might, he might change it. I'll see how he feels about it. At Spaceman Josh. We're going to see him tomorrow uh, if he gets back from the mission earlier than expected. Um, but, yeah, we, we can talk him into it. He'll, he'll, Spaceman Josh. I think he'll like go. That. It rolls off the tongue. But tonight, just us two peas in a pod doing a pod. We're going to be talking all of what's going on in baseball right now. We're going to talk all the pennant races, who we think is coming out on top, who we think is going to fall apart, what we think is going on right now. Um, again, you know what I realized when I listened back to some of these podcasts? I don't plug the account enough, even though um, the account's probably bigger than the podcast at this point. Follow us if you don't, at Random MLB Stars. Every day we post a new player from the early 2000s uh, that you know and you love. Every day we post about him. We'll post that we have a lot of fun games, a lot of uh, where we talk about different players from the early 2000s, and we just talk modern baseball. We, get, we got a, lo- a huge community growing that is just of a lot of passionate baseball fans who really enjoy just really in a positive environment around baseball as a whole. And uh, if you don't follow it already and you listen to this podcast, please do because uh, it will be in your best interest because we have a lot of fun over there. And as the person who runs the account day-to-day, I can say I think it's the best account on Instagram. Greg, how do you feel about it? Um, I don't think there's a better place to get hot takes and even hotter uh... – Wings. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't have said that. Exactly. We're not a. <laughs> I think we're Hot gonna we get a copyright strike for that one. But <laughs> but uh, I I've never I've never offered food to the people who uh, follow the account. I I like I like our heated debates that I'm usually winning, um, and it's a good place for people to share our ideas uh, and talk about pay- baseball players that we some people almost forgot about, but yeah, not sadly. ones that we didn't stop loving. No, and again, if you're like, hey, I don't want to follow an account that only talks about baseball from like 2000 to 2010, we also talk about modern day baseball. We just post about 
past baseball every single day. So, I mean, how many accounts do you follow that has that much consistency? We post every day, and it's a lot of fun. I, I think we have a lot of fun. I have been told multiple times now that I have the best captions on Instagram. So... <laughs> do with that what you will. I really think I do. Sometimes I really have. Sometimes I come up with ones that I'm like, hey, I think this is pretty good. I think it's pretty good. There's been a couple questionable ones here and there, but for the most part, we're, we're, you're pretty much nailing it. I, I, to to give a deep dive into my creative process, it's literally I look at the player I pick, and then I'm like, what is the first thought that comes to my mind? And then I just I just write it, and I think people like the organic nature of that. Like today was Kyle Loesch, and I was just like, how many times have I muttered to myself? The Mets could really use a Kyle Loesch. And I'm like, yeah, tattoo it to my face because the Mets could really use a Kyle Loesch. And that's a great segue into the pennant race. And do we start in the NL East? I, I don't I want to. I wanted to start us off hot because uh, you've been away for a while. Let's get the stove burning. Uh, I'm just going to say it. The Cincinnati Reds are going to win the NL Central. What? Yeah, it's happening. Five and a half back? How are the Cincinnati Greg, state your case. How are the Cincinnati Reds gonna come back from five and a half back to take the Brewers? I think that I think the NL Central race is over. This is a weird place to start. We're starting with the NL Central. If you didn't know, at the recording of this podcast, Brewers are up. They're 66 and 46. Five and a half up on the Reds. Greg, state your case. Listen, uh there's two well, I would say there's three uh big, big reasons. One I don't know why, but the pitching is all of a sudden looking pretty decent over there. Tyler Molly. Well, it's because Luis Castillo turned it around. Mm-hmm. Luis Castillo is a different pitcher right now. He's a strikeout fiend. Like, all of a sudden, he knows how to pitch again. And it doesn't matter what happened earlier in the season because he didn't start off that well. But look where he they started are off now. probably and the He's waiting. probably the worst start to any NL pitcher. Right. And he's he's holding it down just fine. Uh Tyler Mile, male, obvious. How do you say it? Male, mile. I've always said mal, mal, but Tyler I could mal. be wrong. He's doing very well, obviously. And at this point in the season, you can't just go off of, oh, he's doing okay, but he's going to regress. Wade Miley is kicking ass right now. He is. Um, and when Sonny Gray is your weakest link, I think you're okay because he's he, he's not too bad. He's he's like four 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 ERA. He was got a hundred strikeouts, like. Not great, but like when you have him to poke around in the back of the rotation, as long as he's not your ace right now, you're doing a good thing. That's just one part. But their lineup is getting some good people back too, and people hitting their stride just when you need them. Joey Votto woke up. He's a big name. He's my reason number two because obviously he just went bananas with those like eight home runs in a week or whatever that was. You know, Winker's on fire. Most underrated player in the lineup is the leadoff man. Jonathan India. Well, well you, you you know you you post about this and again if you don't follow at random movie stars or if you do before we record any podcast we do go live for a little bit and we ask for questions for the podcast and we just talk baseball uh, I go on there and I have some fun and Greg you were commenting throughout the live Jonathan India is the most underrated player in baseball why, why are you such why are you on the Jonathan India train so so hard right now he is an all-around threat and he's been all year. Like, he hits for power. He doesn't have that many steals, but he has almost, he's almost at 10 at this point, I think. He's getting closer to the point where you could actually trust him to, to steal second in a clutch situation, right? Like, he is good on the base pads. He's got a good glove. He's slugging, like, really, like, his slugging is very high. His OPS is, like, 8, 
860 or something like that. He has like 13 home runs. He's just an all-around great piece in the middle middle of the infield, and I like that paired with someone coming back, which is my biggest final reason for the Reds going to be absolutely slaughtering the NL Central for the rest of the year. It's Mike Moustakas. He's back. He's in form. You think Mike Moustakas oh, yeah. is the reason? Moose He's going to – the He's, moose is gonna bring back five and a half games. The moose, the moose is already part of bringing back five and a half games. He's he he went them, what three for five and then zero for four. Between him and Joey Votto, the Great American Ballpark is gonna see some home runs. Let me tell you, get out of here. This is nonsense. I don't think it's nonsense at all. I think this lineup's coming together at just the right time. I so think then can I that can I counter that like if the Reds are coming bringing back five and a half games. You're basically saying the Brewers are going to collapse. And why do you think the Brewers are going to collapse all of a sudden? Well, for starters, I – going back to – For starters, do you not trust their starters? Because they have probably the best three – well, I don't know about that because it's the Dodgers anymore. But I don't really know how you're getting much better than the top three guys. you got Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff in Milwaukee. I don't want to face them in the playoff series. And I don't want to play – Face them in a three-game series during the end of this summer right now. So I, I I find it hard to believe that they're going to go up five and a half games with those three guys in the rotation. I don't know because even since the beginning of the year, I kind of haven't entirely bought Milwaukee. And another thing is I don't think they are truly being tested because the rest of their schedule even doesn't look like – I mean, it might get them the wins, but uh, I don't know. Like they, they're playing – a lot of Pirates, a lot of Cubs, a lot of Cardinals. Isn't that a good thing, though? It's the, good. the Cubs have called it. The Cubs have called it. The, the Pirates, they called it in April. I mean, like, at this point, isn't that a good thing? The, the, for the Brewers to fall apart, and, and it pains me to say this, they're going to have, have to have a Mets-type collapse where they're going to have to start losing to teams that are really bad. And I just find it hard to believe that the Brewers are hitting well enough without Christian Yelich hitting that well and they're pitching their bullpen is the best bullpen in baseball outside of tampa bay and i I think they might have a better bullpen than tampa bay and then their bats are good enough and christian yelich isn't even that good right isn't hitting that well so for them to fall apart they're gonna have to lose to the cubs they're gonna have to lose to the pirates and the cubs have 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 called it quits the pirates they're 41 71 i don't think much more needs to be said about that the pirates might not win 70 games so I guess what I'm saying more is that I I, I think that the Brewers are not they they're, they're too they feel like they're resting too comfortably on a five game lead when they shouldn't be. I don't think that they're going to be tested much for the rest of the season, and I think they might take their foot off the gas because they're playing like imagine this run of games in a row. If you looked at it on paper. Chicago, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Washington. Uh, since big series with Cincinnati, but then like the Twins. Dude, that that know, feels like three. That like, feels like three sweeps and then the Red Series, through, right? But yeah, that's a that's three, has, four sweeps me, and a Red Series. To me, there's a there's a huge there's a long road trip coming up right now against a lot of those weaker teams, and this is somewhere where I think they could slip up because they've done it already this season. What happened? Earlier on, when we thought they were guns blazing, they were the you thought they were the best team in baseball. I, I had them. I had them as the number one team in baseball. Yeah, I had them as I the number had them one team number in baseball. Two, but then what happened? They went on a, a mudslide. We can't explain it, but 
I feel like this is that textbook random road trip against weaker teams where you just they just start playing down to that talent level. I, I think that the Reds have more to play for. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think that there's going to be that big series coming up. They have one series where they play against them. So, you know, end of August, uh, in you know, in uh, in Milwaukee, it's going to be a big game, big couple of games there. But look for that to be the turning point because if they can get out of this road trip, Milwaukee will be in decent shape. I think the Reds can still catch up with them. And then if the Reds win that series, you got to watch out because then you get a couple of tougher games mixed in there for uh, the Milwaukee at the end, and they end the season at L.A., which could decide a lot. Well, well, here's the thing for me. I I, I have faith in the Brewers. I think the Brewers have a solid team, and again, I think Christian Yelich will turn it around towards the end of the summer here uh, because he's Christian Yelich at the end of the day, and their rotation is one of the best rotations in baseball, and their bullpen, again, I think probably might be the best bullpen in baseball. Maybe you got San Francisco in there as well, but this is – a legitimate you got Josh Hader, you got Devin Williams, you got like legitimate arms in that bullpen right now. Um, regardless of that, let's look at the red set schedule down the stretch here. We got Braves, that's a tough three game set. You got Phillies, you just saw what the Phillies did to the Mets this weekend. It's we'll a tough to three game yeah. set, and they're and they're in Philadelphia and in Atlanta. They come home for Chicago, so that should be three wins, and then they got four games against the Miami Marlins, which hopefully you would hope those seven games you would. If you're a Reds fan, you're hoping you get five out of them. I would say five out of those seven. That means that while, like you said, while the the Brewers are playing the the Twins, the Brewers are playing the Reds, the Brewers are playing the, uh, oh, not Reds, the Brewers are playing the Pirates, and the Brewers are playing the Cubs, the Reds are going to need to keep up with the Braves and the Phillies. They're going to need to really perform well. They're going to need to prove their worth. And if they do after those six games, then they get Miami, Milwaukee, Miami, St. Louis. And that can really get them somewhere. But personally, I don't think they are a better team than the Phillies are. I don't think they're – I think they're on equal footing with the Braves, so maybe they can last through there. But regardless, those matchups are not as easy as the Brewers' matchups. I think they fall apart or at least fall – further than what they're at right now, which is five and a half games back. I think they enter that Milwaukee series seven games back at least. And if that's the case, I don't really know if there's a path to coming back. Their best chance then is to hit the wild card. And the way those NL East teams are playing, I I just don't see it. I don't know. I think that this 10-game road trip for Milwaukee is going to be one where they think they're going to go 10-0 and and they're going to go like four and six. Or five and five. All right. And like, you know, Woodruff only pitches once during the. Or maybe, yeah, but maybe it's twice, Woodruff. Right? Like, it's Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. I mean, they're the top three. They are. They are. In the words of Josh, they got three horses at the top of that rotation. You know, that's fair. And but they're not all running at the same speed at the same time. Like, there's. I feel like this is textbook Milwaukee. To you think this is their shot right now? Just like earlier in the season, all of a sudden they just can't play baseball anymore. Haters not hurt. Haters not playing right now either. What if it's a close game? All it takes is something like that at the end of your bullpen to screw up your rhythm. Like to you know, you- to your point, yeah. If if the Brewers blow, if the Brewers do not take advantage of these this next twenty days, mm-hmm. yeah, this can be some issues. But I, personally, I think they, I think they'll be fine. I think I the think, Brewers are one I of the better teams in baseball because while also hater not hater being out hurts the bullpen, uh, and they're going to need to be perfect. 
to not because they're the ones being chased right now. They they have honestly more pressure on them because the Reds have to compete, but I think they're doing just fine because all their players are coming back at the right time. Mustakas is back. Vado woke up. Castellanos is fine. Like Jesse Winker's going X Games mode. Um, you know, India's really well, good. You know, the catchers this brings up are the great. question. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing over there. It's it's the right. I mean, I think it's Cincinnati time. I, I Tucker Barnhart and Tyler Stevenson, thank you, but I don't really know if they're the key to success here tonight. But this brings up a better question of we can both agree ten and a half games back, the Cardinals are out of it. And it makes me question oh, yeah. why they went and got J.A. Happ and John Lester. Like what was even the point? Like how many games are out and, and let me check how many games are out of the wild card? I believe it has to be at least six. I uh, could be wrong on that one. Uh, um here they are. They are Eight games back of the wild card, and they're ten games, out, ten and a half games out of the division at the time of this podcast recording. I'm ready to close the book on the Cardinal season here, but uh, it really makes me question why they were even involved in the deadline. I know they didn't give up top prospects for these guys, but if you're trying to eat innings, why wouldn't you just do that with younger pitchers? It, it really doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I would honestly, really quickly, do you want to look at the AL and the NL uh, before we keep going forward? And draw the imaginary line at what teams are actually worth talking about. Right can we now? cross them off? Right. Can we do a cross off? So we'll, we will we will honor the Podfather, Bill Simmons, and we'll do some cross off. Him and him, he always does it for ba- football. Let's do it for baseball. So we're gonna start in the AL East. Let's cross them off. Sadly, I'm wearing I'm wearing a Cedric Mullins shirt while I record this podcast. Wow. But I think I think it's safe to say at 38, 72, and 29 games, 29 games back, I, I think we could cut across the uh, Baltimore Their Ravens. exciting April wore off the minute John Means went down, honestly. <laughs> I feel like that took a lot of wind out of their sails. <laughs> but I still like watching Orioles games. They got fun players, and well, I, I hope, hey, I, 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 I hope I for the future there. I know I am an Austin I know I, I, know I uh, dropped them in fantasy to make room for some other talented, talented players, but, hey, I, you watch out. Next couple of years, I think Austin Hayes could do something. Like, yeah. I truly believe I am the biggest Cedric Mullins fans out there. <laughs> like I, I, I really do. I don't know many people who I put in, I promote him on the account nonstop. Like I truly love how Cedric Mullins play, uh, plays baseball. So, um, hoping for good things for him in Baltimore going forward. All right, so we're crossing off the Baltimore Orioles. Personally, nah. I'm not ready to cross off anybody else in the AL East because the Blue Jays are a great team. Yankees are hot. Red Sox are falling apart, but. They're still only four games out. They could turn this around really easily, and then the Rays are in first place. So I'm not ready to cross off anybody else out in the AL East. Surprisingly. Moving on. You wouldn't have said that a month ago, but now all of a sudden, the besides the Orioles, the entire AL East has 60-plus wins. Like that's Personally, I think... That, that's interesting. I think I, I think I would have crossed the Yankees off a month ago, and uh, I still don't think the Yankees are going to win the division, but uh, they have a shot at the wild card. They do? Uh, but we'll get to it in a minute where even though I, the Yankees fan, would love to see them in that wild card game, there's I just don't know what's going to stop the Toronto Blue Jays right now. We'll get to that. All right. A- AL Central. Uh, I'm ready to cross off everyone in the AL Central but the White Sox. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Cleveland's at 55 and 55. They're not even really in the wild card race. They're 10 games back. Detroit's 54 and 60. Kansas City's 48 and 62. Minnesota's 48 64. It's a rough year for the AL Central. Um, I think we all kind of knew this. Uh, I thought Minnesota was going to be a lot better. And then once Minnesota started off as poorly as they did, 
I don't think it's a shocker that we're, we're crossing off anybody. The White Sox have won that division, and it is Easily. today. Yeah, the White Sox have won. I'm ready to call that division for the White Sox, and it is Monday, August 9th. Right. Now, real quick, Moving on. Real, real quick yeah. before we move on, uh, just a, a small point on Detroit. Um, if you're Detroit Fun team. City, are you happy with this year? Because I think I would be. I yeah, did, 100%. I did, not, I did not expect them to be sitting right under 500. No, I, I am 100%. If I'm a Tigers fan, you you got contributions from players you weren't. And you were like, if you're a Tigers fan and you came into this season hoping that they were in the division, I hate to tell you, but you're probably delusional. Um, you no, might I think a re- lot of Tigers fans came into the season thinking they would win like 15 games. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I'm like, if you were a Tigers fan thinking they were going to win the division, you might want to evaluate how you view situations in your life day to day because you are not seeing things with a clear head. Hey, and I have rooted for many bad baseball teams in my life. After April, if you didn't think the Tigers were out of it, you should know. But no, if I'm a Tigers fan, you got contributions from legitimate players. You have Eric Haas, you have Akil Badu, and you have, most importantly, pitching wins championships. Gregory Soto has been great. Michael Fulmer has been better in a closing role. Tariq Skubal, um, Casey Mize, Matt Manning. You have legitimate arms now. And I, I, I'm actually very – out of all the teams in the AL Central outside of the White Sox, I would say number two, My mo, I'm most excited for the Tigers. I, I, They're just and sitting back I, and building it the right way. I, I like Robbie Grossman too. The Tigers are 54 – he's a little bit older. He's right. a little bit older. But And Scope's going to leave. You're going to get a lot of these guys out of here. Miggy's contract's up in, I think, two mm-hmm. years. But you're building. You're actually, and, and you have legitimate prospects coming up. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of what the Tigers are doing at 54 and 60 for where I expected them to be. Like, let me put it this way: I thought the Twins were going to be uh, were going to be fighting for the division, and, and they're at 48 and 64. Oh, yeah. At worst, I thought they'd be where the Tigers are at, which is at 54 and 60. And the Tigers, I thought, would be below 48 and 64 at this point in the season. Like. The Tigers have well outperformed my expectations, and I think they have something to build on. And if you're a Tigers fan, I can't imagine you're hoping for much more. I think this is good. Like their strategy is, we'll see in a couple of years. But they have some homegrown talent. That's the only way teams are going to actually move the needle these days, and they're actually developing their talent well. Hey, I'm we're, I'm still sticking by that Akil Badu is the next Paul O'Neill. You watch out. He had a really bad like May and June, but he he turned it around. He's back. No, he like, did, and, and like, that is like what you want to see if you're a Tigers fan. He yeah. fell apart and he turned it around. And if you're that, that is all you want to see because that is somebody like it seemed like they always say like uh, pitchers get the book on you or whatever. At this point, we know analytics; they just know how to pitch you. He turned it around after a rough start, and and, and also let's not forget about Jamie Candelario. Guy hits close to 300. He's hitting it now two years in a row. Like he's legit. Like gets on base. Actually, is a good performer. Uh, they have pieces. Obviously, they they still need to figure it out. You got Spencer Torkelson in the down the pipe. I, if I'm a Tigers fan, there is hope for the future, and I don't know if you could say that since you have like since Victor Martinez, Justin Verlander, Maglio Ordonez, like prime Miggy. Since they left, I don't really know if you've had that hope, but now you got guys like Riley Green coming up. You got guys like Spencer Torkelson coming up. Eric Haas is performing well, like we said, Akil Badu, and and you have pitching, and pitching is what wins. Pitching is what you want to develop first, and they actually have legitimate arms. So I'm excited them, the for the future. I, before we can move on from this now, but uh, the one thing I'm hoping, uh, and it kind of sounds counterintuitive, 
But I just hope that if all of a sudden next year they come out hot and they have a really good first half, they don't deplete their system to go after somebody. Because they definitely could if they wanted to, because now they have some talent. Um, I don't. I really hope they don't make a move too early. I think they should let this core build. I, I don't. Want I would them to, think. I don't want them to see like a really good trade to make just to bring in a star, just to have them miss the wild card. You know what I mean? Like. You know, I would think. Um, let's be real about it. Like, I, I think they know their timeline. It's still two to three years away. Um, and who knew this was going to be a Detroit Tigers pod? But <laughs> I don't really know how many players are going to be available tonight at the, over the offseason. Like, everybody who got traded, who's coming towards that trading point, is already gone. So anybody, they, they really just need to overpay someone, and I, I don't know if they will. So I don't think they would. I, I think they know where they are, and I think they know they have to build from within. And then they are a team that the ownership group has been willing to spend if needed. I mean, sure, Dave Dombrowski was there at the time, but I think they, they – I, I I think they have a good plan. I hope that friend of the pod, Mike Cameron's son, Des, gets a gets a chance up there. And I hope future friend of the pod, Roger Clemens' son, Cody, gets a chance up there as well. Are they doing September uh, call-ups this year, or is that not a COVID? No, thing? that's gone now. Oh. Ever since they got rid of that waiver deadline, now it's just they, they got rid of 40-man rosters, which makes for a more exciting um, deadline. But, yeah, that's gone now. So. That's true. Anyway, so yeah, Des, just give Des, us some, give us some loves to some – Lesser talked about teams on here that we need to point out because I, I keep watching Detroit and I'm like, they, what if they finish in second place, man? That they're one of those teams like, where I, they're one of those teams where I am uh, recently I'll be on my couch at night like after a long day and I'm uh, making my fancy football rankings on my iPad and I'll just put a baseball game on in the background and the Mets have been disgusting me recently so they're one of those teams that I throw on just to like kind of watch some fun baseball because they're a fun team to watch they 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 battle and as much. And for as much garbage as we give AJ Hint for the whole Astro scandal, um, he's done a really good job there. So uh, I think that is something to be noted. Now, all right, moving on. West, uh, listen, I'm I'm going to cross out only Texas just at a precedent. I'm not going to back down. I have to stick with the Angels because I have to see. I'm crossing off the Angels. Like literally, they are crossed off. I just have to see the season out with the at least the slim hope that Trout comes back and pulls off something amazing. I'm not, Do you, I will die with my ship. If my guess was wrong, it's wrong. But I can't back it. They are 10 games out of the division and eight, out eight games but, out of the wild card. You know, they sold off Andrew Haney for page, uh, Well, you know what, though? They have good enough pitchers in the, in the minors where I think they were selling off pieces to make room for guys. But at the same time, I'm ready to cross off the Angels. Uh, I don't even think it's a question. Uh, I, I see where you're. It's not, you know, I, I, I know you. On, you yeah. must be embarrassed because on our hot take podcast, you went for the Angels and you were completely wrong, and I went for Matt Chapman for MVP, and I couldn't have been more right. So, I, I know yes. it's must have been embarrassing to see, <laughs> but hey, man, you 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 could you can you can let it go. Matt Chapman, my God, not definitely not the better of the two Matts in Oakland right now. I'll tell you that. For the sake of this podcast, though. We're crossing off the Rangers. We're crossing off the Angels because I don't think anybody wants to listen to a deep dive into why. I'm not let's, going let's on do a about deep the dive. Angels. I actually wanted to no. talk a little bit about the Mariners, and it, I just feel they're like, who I want to talk about. I just about. feel like depressed. Like I don't think they're going anywhere. Like I, I think well, they're, they're slowly like fading into the distance. And this, well, if you remember that podcast where we did the hot takes, mm-hmm. my secondary hot take was that the Mariners were going to win the yeah. AL West. 
And it really does feel like Jerry DePoto kind of screwed the pooch here. Um, He traded away Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero to the Astros, literally division leaders, and he got Abraham Toro, who has been hitting well. But at the same extent, what you do to clubhouse chemistry when you guys are coming off a come-from-behind victory against the Astros, at that point they were only, what, five games out? And then you're trading your closer and one of your best relievers there, and the bullpen has been a strength all season long, which is what I predicted in that original podcast. It's just debilitating no matter how good Abraham Toro is. And, hey, it could work out. Abraham Toro could be great in seasons going forward. It could be a smart move. But for the sake of 2021, it does feel like they cut themselves off at the knees. Like, and I hate to see it. But they're only five and a half games out of the wild card. I'm not ready to cross them off because clearly that team has not fallen apart since the deadline. And any other team would. And since that they're still staying alive, that team has fight. And the Red Sox are falling apart. The Yankees have shown that they've fallen apart, that they are very capable of falling apart before. And then the only team between them is Seattle, is uh, Toronto. And so I, I still have faith. I mean, I Kyle Lewis should come back at some point. They got good pieces. Their bullpen is still very good. They made some deals. I still have faith in the Mariners, um, but I do think Jerry Depoto did not help them. He made them worse. I feel like look, cl- close your eyes for a second. Let's everybody listen to the podcast. Let, let's have let's do a thought and mind exercise really quick. Hey, hold on. Disclaimer. If you listen to this podcast while you're driving, please keep please your eyes keep open. Please keep your eyes open, but just pretend you're closing your eyes, right? So so I'll do it too. Close your eyes and imagine you're sitting in a nice little local coffee shop in Seattle right now. It's Is a, it Starbucks? Uh, it doesn't have to be. It could be anything. Uh, but it's like a Tuesday afternoon uh, and, and it's just... It is dreary outside. It is pouring rain. It's Nirvana is on the radio. Yeah, Nirvana. Is We're just playing. hitting every Seattle and, stereotype here. And there's and there is a uh, Seattle Mariners matinee game on TV uh, where they're just blowing another lead uh, at the end of the game. Uh, and the Mariners, you keep looking at the standings, and you're like, wow, it's September, and they're only four games out. It's September, and they're only five games out. But you just know that the game's going to start out with like a Kyle Seeger home run. And then they're going to be up four to four to one or five to three, and then at the end of the game, it's just going to be man. I wish I wish Graveman was still here. Like, you know, it, it's 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 just depressing. It's just just imagine that. That's that's what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Whether that trade, like you said, whether it works out for years to come, who cares? This year we're talking about. I think Seattle's going to end up five and a half games out. At the end of the year, not terrible. But yeah, not like, I think they're out of the division race. It's no, really, I think it's the wild card is. Yeah, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, I think you know you're rooting for the wild card here. And um, but the good side of it is that one of the guys who are ahead of you, in front of you in the wild card, are the Oakland A's, who we could talk about next. You're gonna play a lot of games with them down the stretch. I think it's they still have six games against the A's down the stretch. I I don't know that off. I don't know that for certain, but uh, I'm gonna say they have at least six against the A's for the rest of the season. You can really, if you really, if the Mariners can really take a few of those, like you can make a case for the a, for the Mariners to make a run at the end of the year here. But and now let's move on to the Oakland A's. All year long, I mean, one of our, I think it was like our third podcast or second podcast where I got on here and I was like, should the should the A's fans be worried? And the A's have proved me wrong. They're 64 and 48. They made some deadline moves. They got Josh Harrison. They got Andrew Chafin. They got Starling Marte. And, but they did just lose Ramon Laureano to a PED suspension. So I wonder if that balances out all of the the additions. I 
kind of. <laughs> Unfortunately, Personally, kind of. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I think offensively it probably uh, now offensively, but I think like like lineup wise it probably does because now Marte is gonna basically be that fill in for Loriano and everything you had to put in place beforehand is now just filling up that gap. Your bullpen's still a lot better. Um, I think as a team you're still mar- you're better, but not to the degree that you were. Uh, Marte's been great since coming over, and he's in a contract year, so I don't expect that to change. Um, he, he feels like when they got Matt Holiday, that one trade deadline, it feels like a similar, like Marte just had a walk-off the other night, and it, it just had very similar vibes for me. Regardless, um, I, I like the A's. Uh, I really do like watching them every day. They have a good rotation. They have good pitching. I mean, the A's are, what, the A's are doing what the A's do best. For them, it's just don't mess it up down the stretch against the Mariners. Don't mess it up against... You're going to play some games against the Mariners in Houston and the Angels in Texas. And and as much as it pains me to say this, Texas is the only bad team in the AOS. Like, the Angels aren't going to make a run, but, like, if you're playing the Angels, like... It's not like the Angels are suddenly going to be this terrible. Like the Angels could fight. You got Shohei. You got Trout coming back eventually. Rendon's done for the year, but the Angels got some pieces. Like it's a hard team to beat on a, on a night, every any given night. Uh, they're at five hundred and fifty six and fifty six. It's a coin flip. So, like the only reason I'm not crossing out the Angels, there's two reasons. One, I'm not backing down. I will see my guests to the end. And two, there is still. I mean, they're eight games. No, uh, it's not September yet, so they slow no, the time. And if, the, if Trout comes back and he goes off, paired with Shohei, who knows? Nah. Maybe they. Do you maybe know what the Angels the are? Game. I don't know. They're not going to win the. The Angels game. are not going to win the division. They're not going to win no. the wild card. But they're like, you ever play like a really good game of Monopoly where you're mm. you're in last? You clearly have the least amount of money. You have like the you have utilities, you have railroads. You you really don't have a lot, and you're playing against people who got Park Place, Boardwalk. People who got monopolies, legitimate ones. <laughs> you're not gonna win the game, but there's a few people in the game that you don't like that much, and and you're really trying to screw their day up. And they land on your place, and you're just taking their money, and you're bleeding them dry. That's what the Angels are doing. You, you, the Angels have the power to kill off other teams in their division, but they do not have the power to make it back. I mean, look at down the stretch, back to the A's. You got Indians, you got Rangers, you got White Sox, Giants, Seattle, Yankees, Detroit. Then uh, in Detroit, that's the end of August. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't love it because you're playing. You get you have to stay alive during that Chicago series, and the, the, there's seven days. It's a four game set against Chicago and a three game set against San Francisco that you need to survive through. You need to win at least three to four of those. You would hope out of the six games against Texas and Cleveland, you're going to win at least four of those. You're going to need to win every series down the stretch here. You you cannot fall apart, especially in that seven game series against. You got seven games against Cle, uh, against San Francisco and Chicago, followed by two games set against Seattle and a four game set against New York, the Yankees. Like that. By the end of August, we will know where the A's are. If the A's are for real, the A's are going to fall apart. It, it's as simple as that. Right, and it's like again, Houston's. Not comfortably in first right now, but it's also they kind of are because they're just the better team at the moment. We're not shutting the door on Oakland, but on- and yeah, and if you're a Mariners fan, you directly help them become the better team in yeah, that division. I don't know. I really don't know what they were thinking there. Like it's not like they 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 made a move for a future Hall of Famer and they said we're going to take this year off for the next ten. I'm like they got they didn't really get that much back, so I don't know why they did that, but. 
I don't know. Maybe that maybe that pitcher had maybe Graveman had pictures of the owner doing something illegal or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he hated like, or something. <laughs> well, now, you know, question now. Uh, now that we're a couple weeks out for the deadline here, the Astros for all the bullpen moves they made, they made a lot. They clearly were focused on the bullpen, and I'm a big believer in that a bullpen wins you a, a ring. But they trade away Miles Straw. Are we certain why they did that? Uh, like, why do we even know to this point? Because they're starting what Chaz McCormick and Jake Myers out in center, and I'm really not certain why they're even doing that. Maybe they thought that Straw would never get better, so this is his highest value he's ever going to have. I don't know. Uh, I, he's got good speed, you know. He's he, he's young. He's Cleveland picked him up to get some some young talent back. I guess um, he's he's just a decent uh, speed guy, and he makes contact a lot. Really Full know. disclosure: I haven't I haven't watched a lot of uh, Guardians games recently. Full disclosure: the I, I don't think many have outside of the immediate Cleveland uh, Ohio, Cleveland Ohio uh, area. Um, but from what I could tell, just based off statues, Miles Straw has done pretty well with them. And I, I just for what that they for what they got back, it just confuses me why the Astros even made that move. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it just feels like they wanted to take a guy that they didn't necessarily need to round out their lineup and get as much as they can. You mean they're bullpen? Uh, because they, maybe they don't think he's going to pan out or something, and this is the highest value he'll ever have because he was having a decent year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. I don't, I'm not an Astros fan, so I'm happy if they made a bad move. But <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's weird. I agree. Now, yeah, I, I don't know either. We, All right, you know, I gosh, think a lot to talk about I think here. before we go to the NL, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, let's get let's get our fans a little bit of a, a breather, a palate cleanser, for if you will, and we'll be back. Just take a little break and, and uh, stir the sauce a little bit. Get the special sauce going. All right, we will be back after these short messages. Hey, it's Greg. Quick ad break. I'm not sponsoring anything today, other than you people. Now go back to the pod. I'm done with you. We're back. Tommy, Greg, at Random MLB Stars. This is a Random MLB Podcast. We've been talking about division races, wild card races. we got to hit them next. We're going to hit the rest of the NL and the wild card now. Again, another plug. Please follow us at Random MLB Stars. Great account. You will love it. We love it. Uh, my heart and soul goes it. into that account. Uh, we we love it. My heart and soul goes into that account every day, um, and I think I try to make it a fun environment for everybody. So please follow it. It's fun. Regardless, moving on to we're gonna do the NL East last because I can't I can't stomach it right now. <laughs> we're gonna start with the NL West. Who are we crossing off? Uh, I think at thirty five and seventy eight, are, are we comfortable at thirty six and a half games back? Are we comfortable cutting the Arizona Diamondbacks the out sneaky, of the the sneaky snakes? Are are not are not. They're out. So yeah. I, I, I think I think uh, we're cutting out the rock. We're cutting out the Diamondbacks, and the only thing as cold as the Rockies seem to be the, the Colorado Rockies. Rockies. Yeah, I think that, I think there we go. At twenty games back, fifty one sixty one. They're on a four game win streak, though. You know what's crazy though? Like if the Rockies were in the, I'm trying to find a good division for this. Well, honestly, if they were in the NL East, but the NL East is because they're so good and they beat up on each other. But the Rockies were in the NL East. They'd only be like seven or eight games back at fifty-one and sixty-one. Hey, if the Rockies only played at Coors Field, they'd be they'd be running away with the NL West. What is the Rockies' record at? Wow, they're course, thirty-eight, 38 and, 21. and twenty-one. Yeah, but that's actually kind of crazy. Thirteen and forty on the road. That's but crazy. like. 
Like, I get the Coors effect, but, like, for the Rockies to be 38 and 21 at home, like, they're not good enough of a team for that to be a thing. 13 and 40 on the road. Like, like what, insane. Freddie Peralta, John, how many games of those, 30, those 38 wins are Freddie, or uh, Herman, Va- um, how many yeah, of those is yet? Yeah, Herman Marquez. Why can't I get his name right, right like now? Gray, Herman Marquez right? and John Gray pitching. Like Trevor Story, Ramel Tapia, Charlie Blackman, like Brendan Rogers. They all like damn, the course effect is real. Thirty and twenty one at home. It's crazy. I can't believe they only have thirteen away games that they've won though. That's nuts. Like, that's nuts. That's why they're not good. <laughs> Wait, so so we're crossing them off. And then, I mean, I think this might be. I think we're we left this break for the most, the two most interesting division races in baseball, yeah. starting with the NL West. The Giants are leading right now at seventy-one and forty-one, four games back of the Dodgers at sixty-seven and forty-five, and then seven and a half games back at sixty-four and forty-nine of the San Diego Padres. But like, and then obviously the Dodgers and the Padres are leading the wild card races. Personally, and I don't even need to say I hope for it because I can't really imagine anyone really jumps around that. We're going to get two NL East teams playing in that wild card game, most likely, and that's going to be a very fun watch. Uh, maybe we'll jump on Instagram Live or something, and you guys can watch along with us for that because that'll be a fun game. But, Greg, I guess I'll start with this. Who is going to win the NL West? Um, well, I'll tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be the Padres. Um, Damn, already crossed. I mean, they're seven and a half out. It's going to take a lot to catch up. I don't. I think if you're going to have an odd team out, it's going to be them. Like, I don't think that. I I think they have a better chance. I I think that they have a better chance than not of entirely missing the playoffs. And that's another thing. But. You think the Padres are going to. I mean, I think, it might uh, this be, is, I think there's an argument to be made that they have a higher chance than not that that will not even make the wild. So are or are you assuming? Are you like I I don't know if since the last podcast you moved to the immediate Cincinnati Ohio area. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you think the the Reds are gonna leapfrog them here. Well, my theory is the Reds are either going to win the Central or they'll come close, but then that muddies the waters because I also have. Uh, you know, you also have Philly, Atlanta, and the Mets in the mix. I think that it's enough to make the Padres uh, the odd team out. I think that certain teams there, not all of the ones I just mentioned, but certain ones there that we'll get to in a minute can, like, let's say Cincinnati takes over Milwaukee. Yeah, the Milwaukee's Milwaukee's in the Walker hunt. It it doesn't mean Milwaukee's going to be bad all of a sudden. But but I think we're doing record-wise. Think about this. Milwaukee's 66 and 46. San Diego 64 and 49. I'm just kind of going spitballing off the top of my head. Like, if Milwaukee were to fall out of that divisional race, I have to imagine they'd really be faltering. And, like, they only have a two game gap over San Diego. And I would hope San Diego would overtake them in that case, unless San Diego really is faltering down the stretch. Now, Tatis is hurt, but there are rumors coming out today that Tatis may be moved to the outfield to keep him healthy for the rest of the season. Right. Um, and, I, and I like the. Which is a great thing, not to cut you off. That's a great thing if you own Fernando Tatis of Fantasy. That dual eligibility is going to be great if he does get that. And I like the ad that they made at the deadline. They got Frazier, you know, Adam Frazier. Uh, But it seems like San Diego is having trouble against good pitching lately. And 
they they're not winning all the games that they should be with that kind of lineup. And this is not a good time to be losing games to the Diamondbacks and the Rockies and the Athletics and like you know these are the teams you kind of need to compete with or at least definitely beat the Diamondbacks, the Rockies. You can't be dropping games right now when you have the Dodgers and the Giants in front of you. You can't do it. And, no. You know, and it's it's maybe they're just in a skid. You know, obviously Tatis coming back is going to help. On paper, obviously that lineup is literal insanity, but, like, you got to, like... It's X Games mode. It's X Games mode. But right now they're looking up and far up at the division. So they're definitely out of the division for me. I don't think that... You think they're out of the division for sure? Uh, yeah, for seven sure. and a half games back. So. so, like, I'm going to... Well, you, will, you, will you talk about... Yeah, go go ahead. I want to cut you off your point. All I was going to say, okay, like, you're looking up at San Francisco and the Dodgers. The do- the division will come down to them. Um, I surely, I still think the Dodgers have got it. Um, they're only four games back. There's plenty of time for them to play each other, and, and the Dodgers now are, are fully loaded. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to fight me on that pick even if they don't end up doing it you still think the Dodgers gonna pull it out like uh but San Diego will challenge for the wild card I I don't think I don't know as of right now I'm kind of iffy if they even get to the game so here's here's can I can I can I counter this really quick Mm -hmm. so there's seven and a half games out right Mm -hmm. their next nine games including tonight are against the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies, and then they play Philly, and then they play the Dodgers. So on August 24th, their next nine of their 12 games are going to be against teams that are like combined. Neither, no, none of the teams that they're playing. Other than, oh, actually, the Rockies are 51 wins, and that's the most wins of any of the teams that they're playing down the stretch. So no, they're playing well, some bad no, no, no. teams. Now the the Marlins, but the Marlins did just split a four game series with them. And the Rockies just came into San Diego and took two out of four. Uh, no, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. So I, I, I get that. But say you get Tatis back around some point in this way, and, the, and, and you would hope that the Padres take – they play four against the D-Bags. You're hoping they take two to three there. Three against the Marlins. Uh, right now as we're recording, it's the third inning, and they're tied 1-1. You're hoping they win 75% of those games. I'm just saying – if they win 75% of those, if they win 9 to 10 of those, 8 to 10 of those 12 games that they got coming up and then go into that Dodgers series, they could at least maybe draw within, like, say they have a three-game set against the Dodgers. If they're five back of the Dodgers with a three-game series coming up, they're at least making it interesting. Uh, I don't know if they get there. I'm with you. I think if I'm a Padres fan, I'm hoping for the wild card at this point. But they can make it interesting in the next. It's funny. Uh, you know, it, it, baseball season, for as many times as people say that baseball season's too long, it feels like it's quick because it feels like a second ago, like it could be anybody's year. And now we're at this point where it's, I think the next 14 days can really decide whether the Padres have a shot at this division or not. Yeah. Like. With, by the end of August, we'll know if the Padres actually have a chance or they need to focus on the wild card. And I'm with you. I do think they need to focus on the wild card. But I think you were in the middle of the point when I, when I brought this up. So let me, let me give you the floor there. It's just more that um, the Padres have to be careful because they are the one, even though the NL lost his powerhouse this year with the top three of them, uh, they're the one on thin ice right now as it stands. I think the Dodgers got much better at the deadline than the Padres got at the deadline. <laughs> you think? 
Do, do right? you think? You think, right? <laughs> Max no, Scherzer and Trey Turner, right? are they better? Right now, only a couple games separate those two. But one of those teams is clearly much better than the other. Yeah. And that that was going to be my they, point. That's their fault that Tatis is gone. Fine. But they still have other players that should be capable of winning. And they're having – they're kind of just meandering right now against teams they should be spanking. And they're not. So, like that, – So, that was going to be my point. If we recorded this before the deadline, I would have brought attention to the fact. And, obviously, the number would have been different then. The Dodgers, every Dodger game I watch, the Dodgers are playing the Giants or the Padres, or the Met, they, they, they are obviously a dominant team, but prior to the deadline especially, they played down in the competition, and, and, and that's evident. They're only 26-30 and 30 against teams over 500. That's for the season. They've had rough years out of Cody Bellinger. They've had Mookie Betts getting on and off the injured list for the past month or so. They've had some issues, but... You go acquire Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and now you have a legitimate... Like, the, the Dodgers are for real. There's no downing that. And, I mean, all the Dodgers... I think if the Dodgers stay at, like, 500 or so around the, the rest of the way, I would think they maintain their spot in second at least and win at least one wild card spot. I agree. It's going to take a little bit for the Padres to make that ground up. I think the case we need to be making here right now, though, is why the Giants are going to win the the. And I don't know if you agree with me on this. Why I believe the Giants are going to win the NL West. I think the Giants have one of the better bullpens in baseball. And for me, when it gets to August, September, October, bullpens win everything. And, and between Jake McGee, Tyler Rogers, like the Giants have a legitimate arms out there. Their rotation's great in Gossman. They uh, De Scalfani's great. Cueto's been very solid for them. Like. The Giants are good, and now they got Chris Bryant. The Giants made a move, and that's like a team I love, a team that wasn't expected to be here, and that's the deadline. They were like, hey, we're here. We're not going to wait and stick with the timeline that we already had, a la the Cubs. The Cubs were the head of timeline. They're like, all right, we're going to rebuild after this season, and we're going to go, and the Cubs blew it up, and maybe that's the right decision. Maybe it's right for the National. I actually do think the Nationals made the right call for blowing it up because they weren't competing anymore, but that's besides the point. The Giants went for it. They went and got a legitimate piece in Chris Bryant, uh, who is on the, the Instagram Live we had before this podcast. I rated him as the most accurately, accurately rated player in baseball. As We don't view him as a superstar. We view him as a very – he is in like – he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Very, Very Good for me. And, uh, and But it, regardless, for the Giants, you get him. He, he gives you position flexibility because he can play the outfit. He can play third while you wait for Longo to get back. You have a lot of pieces who are playing very well, and you're pitching very well. And the Giants are a good team, and I think they hold on the rest of the way. Do I, you? I, I think L.A. wins it. A big thing to note uh, in that we will find out a lot more about where the Padres and the Giants will all stand at the end of this. Uh, 10 of the Giants' last 19 games are against San Diego. So there's... God, it's going to be fun. ...needs for them to beat each other up while they, you know, roll the rest of them. So here's the question I got for you. Now we got two... If I'm going to give you a couple scenarios here. If you have a one-game wild card, you tell me who wins. A one-game wild card. Starting off, Do- Dodgers-Padres, who wins? Dodgers. Yeah, I got Dodgers, too. Padres-Giants, who wins? Giants. Somehow the Padres win the NL West and the Reds take second and it's Giants Dodgers. You know what? I'm gonna get rid of that question. Seven game series, who wins? Giants Dodgers. Seven game series, Giants Dodgers. Um, probably Giants because I I think that 
we'll, especially with a recently banged up Clayton Kershaw, we'll see a return to Clayton Kershaw's playoff form. Uh, this is you were stealing I, I my think, point from Instagram Live, and I would like to say this. We talked about it on Instagram Live too. I think 2020 Clayton Kershaw so, in the playoffs was great because there was no one to stand. Don't don't steal. You are stealing my point verbatim <laughs> from Instagram Live. Please, this I was. Quoted. I quoted. No, you I say, said, yeah, you I need to make this clear. At Bacon Egg and Tommy says, I need this to be said here. Clayton Kershaw, we fig- everyone's like, oh, he figured out his playoff foes. He had a decent playoff run in a situation where there were no fans. Let me see how Clayton Kershaw does in the NLCS in San Francisco or San Diego or, God, it's not going to be Queens. I know I want it to be Queens, but it won't be Queens. Maybe it's Philadelphia, wherever it may be. Let me see how he pitches then, and then you tell me what happens. Tell me what happens when he gets to the World Series, because with actual fans and not an empty stadium in Texas, that's that's what I want to see. Now, I, I think we can put a button on that for now, just so we can get up to the NL East and talk about them. We we already discussed the Central. I think it's fair to say Pittsburgh, Cubs, St. Louis. We're not even talking about them. Um, it's it's between Cincinnati and Milwaukee, and we had our. Safety. Do we? I, honestly, I don't even think we need to go back into the central. We broke them down. I feel like we right. could just go right into I'll the talk east. Talk about the east because then I want to get to the actual meat of it, which is how do we finally decide how the wild card is going to actually line up? So exactly. Let me kick so, it off here. Um, at least who are you crossing off in the east? Well, Miami and Washington are obviously out, but like, yeah, um, it's it's going to come down to Atlanta, Philly, and the Mets. Like, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, of course, I'm a cynical Philly fan. I don't like the Phillies. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan there, but everything else. I'm for, for I was gonna say you can't be a you can't be a bargain Phillies fan. Bargain well, I, I been Phillies a, fan. I can be a bargain observer though, and maybe it's a cynic in me. But for some reason, uh, I, I feel like Atlanta is just gonna win the NL East. I I, I think that they're what? being overlooked. I think the Phillies. Are after Acuna was done, they're done. I, I'm done with the. I, I don't even think they have a chance. Jorge Soler is good. Adam Duvall is good, but I, I don't think they have the star power to actually make a run down the stretch. I think Philly is getting very hot right now. I don't think that they're going to maintain that. I think the Mets are fading, and that's real. It just feels like it is. I did not like the way Pete Alonso answered that press conference <sighs> yesterday. Yeah, um, smile, Mets fans. Was, or whatever smile. That was, that was I actually kind of, I you know what, I kind of enjoyed it because I was like, oh, you know what, at least it's something positive at the same time. He sounded like, he sounded like, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tony Robbins, like like a Tony Robbins motivational speech. One of those cults out in the Can we get Tony Robbins in the Mets clubhouse, though? Because I would like, I would need him. I think they need him. He's like, imagine, like, I was listening to Philly radio, sports radio today, and they were saying, if Reese Hoskins got up there on the press conference after game and said that, they'd run him out of town. Well, I hate to be the I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah, New York is as cruel, if not crueler, than New York how and in Philly. You, and how uh, you go onto a, new, a stage in New York, one of the hottest uh, spotlights in the game of baseball, and go up there and say, hey, guys. We're trying. It's our day job. Sometimes you have a bad day at the office. We'll get him next time. Well, like, I, I actually they, appreciate they his sentiment. on that stage and do what James Can said. We got beat today. We're going to come back tomorrow. Like, you know, we got our asses kicked. We weren't ready. Sometimes it goes that way. We're working hard. But uh, we're going to fix this and get it right. You don't go up there and say, everybody be happy. We're having a great year, right? 
No, you're not. You're barely above 500. I, I, I you know, I think he. I, I appreciate it. 13 strikeouts in a row, or whatever. I know. almost agree. I see that was what I was gonna say. That I, I appreciate the sentiment of like, hey guys, the skies are falling. We've been a good team all year. Every team slumps because I do agree. Every team does go through slumps. However. Uh, this specific team can't hit a high fastball, which is an absurd thing to think that this team that literally has one of the worst run differentials in baseball that can't hit a high fastball. They played the Phillies the other night, and that is why I agree with you that the Phillies are going to fall apart. And they hit three solo home runs back to back to back against the Phillies oh, bullpen. That game? I saw yeah, that the eyes. Phillies bullpen will be what the albatross that ruins the Phillies. But regardless of that. You can't strike out on three pitches, Pete Alonso, and then come up there and be like, hey, guys, smile. Be happy. It it's fine. Like you get to watch baseball every day. I'm sorry if any of you listeners are, are really into people like Tony Robbins and motivational speakers. I think it's a load of crock, and I think that, that that weird, like, overly positive mentality where, like, everything can be viewed glass half full all the time even though you're making Damn, Greg. that are costing your team the season. Like, it's different, okay? Like, can we not – like, Pete, read the room. You're in New York. If you're in Minnesota or something like that, and you go up on stage and you say, hey, guys, you know, it's going to be a long, cold winter. We're the last fun thing you're going to see until then. They'd probably be like, you know what? You're probably right. Let's have some good days while they're still playing baseball here. But it's New York. <laughs> they're trying to win the East. It's not time to say, hey, everybody, please smile for the camera. It's – we got our butts kicked by the Phillies, who really aren't that much better of a team than us. We're going to get back together, and we're going to come run through them next time. That's well, what well, you want Pete Alonso to get up Well, nihilist Greg, uh, as much as I would love to uh, take on that point about not being positive about life, uh, <laughs> I don't really know about that one. From a baseball perspective, I will say the Mets, I personally, and I know my bias will show here, that I personally think the Mets are a much better team than the Phillies are on paper. I don't think, I think overall the Mets have more talent in their lineup, especially when they're healthy, and they're going to have hot, and now who knows what Javi Baez's injury is. But if we get to September and the Mets are in it and it's Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor up the middle, I am very excited about that. However... And now let me get on my soapbox. Hold on, guys. I'm adjusting myself as I step onto my soapbox. I've been a Mets fan my whole life. I've seen this before. And uh, the Mets have done terribly this last week or so. And now they're going to play the Nationals for three games. And then they're playing the Dodgers and the Giants. Like I was talking about before with the Padres, where we'll know if they're in the race before August, before the end of August. I sincerely think I will know where the Mets season ends in the next 10 days because this is a very this is a typical Mets move where they drop two or three to the Nats and then get swept by the by the Dodgers and the Giants or win two games combined and then it's just over and it is it is done it is cooked and the fat lady has sung and I am getting scared because the Mets they don't look like the same team they did before they don't look like they have fighting them for some reason unbeknownst to me Bullpen arms were cheap. Michael Givens, Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tepera. These guys all went for cheap at the deadline. Many of these guys. Now, I'm stuck. But the Mets were like only like Craig Kimbrell or Bust. There was rumors of that. And then that was it. Now we got Rich Hill. We got Trevor Williams. The Mets bullpen is a problem. The Mets rotation has been a problem. Tyler Walker has not been the same since the All-Star break. And their hitters literally can't hit fastballs. Go look it up. Go look at the advanced stats. I'm not going to call it up and bore you with it because let's be real. If you're listening to us, 
If I tell you a stat right now, you're probably not going to process it, so I'm not even going to bore you with it. The Mets, go look it up, though. I promise you this. The Mets cannot hit fastballs, which is the wildest thing to say about a team full of major leaguers. Michael Conforto has yet to figure it out, even though he hit a home run over the weekend. Pete Alonso was getting hot, and now he's like over his last 18 over the weekend, and then he's striking out on three pitches in the middle of a rally over the weekend. Javi Baez is hurt. Lindor is hurt. I'm concerned as a Met fan. I'm concerned of what they're going to do down the stretch. I don't want to cross them off. I don't want to say that it's over for them. But, God, they really need to turn around these next 10 days. They can really show America what they're worth. If the Mets really turn around these, they had an off day today. If the Mets can turn around these next 10 days, this division can be theirs. But it can very easily go south for them. And I am. It could go south while they go west. And I'm scared. Well, Technically, the West is coming for them. But regardless, I'm scared. I will be at the game on Wednesday against the Nats. And um, if I'm crying on my way home from Queens, it's because I know that the season's over. And uh, for some reason, I let the Mets get my hopes up again. Uh, Yeah, I've seen this before. Everybody has. Like, I don't think the Mets are going to do anything worthwhile. I think this is the slide we've been waiting for. At least I've been waiting for it. You've been waiting. I have not. We. Don't put <laughs> we there. I have not been waiting for it. say that because you want to at least, you know, give the Mets something to, to hang their hats on. But, like, the re- now, I, I, really quickly. Greg, before, you can be honest. I think it makes you happy to say it. A little bit. But let me. I, I know when the Yankees me, eventually fall apart, it will make me happy to report it on this podcast. That, that's true. Let's revisit my comment earlier that we've we've somehow skate I've I've gotten out of unscathed so far, of how I slipped in there that I thought Atlanta would win the division. Well, I just um, thought that was an asinine point. I don't address asinine points. How is Atlanta going to slip in there? I'll give you some numbers. Who has the best run differential in the NL East by far right now? The only I positive mean, one at that. Yeah, but Atlanta. they're twenty. Yes, they're they're, they're they. Yeah, but they're also 26 and 36 against teams over 500. It's okay. The, the Phillies are not that much better. They're barely 500. They are 33 and 33. The Mets are 29 and 30. Atlanta cannot beat good teams. They beat up on bad teams. I, I, plus 65 means Mets, nothing to me. You can beat the Pirates by 15. It doesn't matter if you can't Mets, beat teams over 500. Are, the Mets are 29 and 30. Yeah, that's hovering around 500. And Atlanta is 26 and 36. That's a three. That's difference. 10 games two, under 500. Game it's not what, are you ta- what are we talking about? Math? This is math. The Mets are one game under 500 uh, well, against teams over 500. That's a tongue twister. Well, the Atlanta is 10 games. They are 26 and 36 against teams over 500. That is right. a nine game difference. It is. But the Mets have played not, like a lot less games against teams over 500. Two. So this assumption is that the Mets are going to lose all of those remaining games against teams over 500? The Mets? Maybe. (laughs) The way they've been playing. I I really don't have a stool to talk on here because uh, at this point the Mets are not really proving their worth. But yeah. Listen, I think that some of their hitters that have needed to contribute are starting to at least fill the role and come around. I think that Dansby Swanson woke up a little bit. They're getting Darno back. They're getting their catcher back finally since the beginning of the year. Whether that means he's going to go on a tear or not, I don't care. They still need his defense, and they still need his hitting. His defense is terrible. They they, they, they will bat in the lineup. Darno is not a bad option. Their pitching is fine. I like Freed. I like Morton. I like that. I like Ozzy Albies. Like I think 
that um, it's really – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Atlanta is even going to win a game in the playoffs. I think that the Phillies and the Mets – like the Phillies are peaking too early for me to be comfortable. I think they're getting – they are very hot right now. They're going to cool off just as fast. I, all it takes is Bryce Harper having a few more strikeouts than he has right now, and it's game over. Like, they're going to have a week or two where you're just scratching your head. You're like, the Phillies were – like, right – like, the other day, right? This weekend when I was at the Mets the Mets-Phillies game on Saturday with that the, – the bullpen almost blowing it, uh, that's their swan song right there. It's going to come down to the bullpen again. Now, getting oh, the Phillies are the Phillies are not going anywhere, even if they get into the world. If they get into the playoffs, the Phillies will fall. The Phillies are not going to beat any of those NL West teams. And I'm, as a biased Met fan, I am very open enough saying that I don't think the Mets could take on any of those NL West teams. I don't. I don't think the Braves could either. But I'm, I think the only team that could take on an NL West team is the Brewers. I really do. I really think that's the only team. And uh, that's what I'm saying here. Of uh, you know. I don't think that the Braves would even win a game in the playoffs. No, I don't I think, think so either. They would win the NL East because I think the Phillies and the Mets are either going to fight each other, the Mets are going to fade, the Phillies are going to get closer to the end, and then they're just going to find a way to bungle it. Ian Kennedy at the back of that bullpen is a much bigger upgrade than people are giving credit for. But... Guy has one shaky closing closing of a, uh, of a, a game against the Mets, and now he's a better upgrade. No, well, he actually came in and stopped the bleeding. That's I know, but he wasn't. He wasn't no, really. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what's holding you back from. No, Phillies aren't going anywhere. Like like, but that's why I say I think the Braves have enough coming up at the end here where they might just quietly steal the division in the last week of the season or something. Like I I think getting Darno back is good. Dansby Swanson's hitting a little bit. Ozzy's there. Like I think their pitching is going to hold up. I think. They're fine. I think the Braves are not too far off from being a decent enough team. They might get swept in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care. Or we're talking about who's going to win the division. I think the, the Braves will do it. I think Philly will be left scratching their head and wishing they did more at the deadline because they could have. They didn't make bad pickups. Kennedy's not bad pickup for the bullpen. Yeah, and they, Gibson, and they got Kyle good Gibson's pitchers. not a bad pitcher to have in the rotation either. They didn't do bad, but they didn't do any. They could have gotten a lot more for what they did. They could have robbed the Cubs bullpen. Why not? Like, why didn't they get Chafin? Why didn't they get to pair? Like that. Not? That and that's the thing. They're, they're the, you, the price. Not? This is my issue with the Mets. The price that relievers were going for at the deadline, and not Craig Kimbrell. The middle, like those Michael Givens, those Andrew Chafins, those Ryan Tepras, like those guys. The prices that they were going at. Daniel Hudson uh, going to the Padres, like. Why teams like the Mets and the Phillies did not get involved there is beyond me. The Mets especially, I don't, I don't understand it. It makes me so mad, and I don't even like the Phillies as my team. It makes me so mad because I love their lineup. I think their lineup has a lot of good batters and a lot of good energy. They have people like Harper and Segura, Real Muto, and you know. Then they have guys rounding it out the bottom. Yeah, Alec Baum is good enough. Alec he Baum's not bad. Odubel Herrera is picking it up again, and. I think the the best the best guy they have rotating in and off and playing all these different positions is obviously Brad Miller. That guy's lightning in a bottom. Yeah, he's a good utility man. He's overlooked uh, to tie some people, and I don't know why. He had another multi home run game the other day. He he knocked one almost over the bullpens at Citizens Bank Park. Like uh, two straw hats for him in the dugout, um, and I just like they they have such a deep lineup. Did I say Segura? Because I wanted to. You did. Uh, but, 
man. And, and then and then you have their starting pitchers like I mean Wheeler on Halliday, Roy Halliday retirement day. Holy moly, Tw- he set down twenty two Mets in a row. It's the first time I feel ever. Yeah, did. yeah, know, he has. Yeah, no, he did. Sure, <laughs> Wait, let's go over it more. Hey, why don't you go like, start? Why don't you just play Carlos Beltran staring at strike three against Adam Wainwright? No six for me. You know, we're just gonna bring up those, things that make me one sad. Of those two players is still playing today. Yeah, Adam yeah. Wainwright is still pitching. Yeah, old man Wainwright. Anyway, you know, technically, um, uh, Carlos Beltran could have been the manager of the Mets had uh, had that whole cheating scandal not happened. So that could have been an Astro. Always an Astro. Honestly, I like Luis Rojas. That was not a dig at him. That wasn't his fault. No, right, but uh, of course. Well, I mean, what are the odds, right? But anyway. Um, that Phillies you know, bullpen I, is just anemic. Like, yeah, and th- honestly, their starting pitching is taking a hit right now too. Because Wheeler's the only good thing they have going. They started opening games with Ranger Suarez now, who's really been a good late season addition from like the minors. But like Aaron Nola has been like shaky at best lately. I don't know what happened to him this year. He's getting strikeouts, and sometimes he throws a gem out there, but he has looks lost at times. Eflin's been hurt. For Inconsistent like, half, like. I don't even know who they have other than that. Like, like they, they, their pitching is definitely the weakest. Well, I, I, I think that's why they went and made a move for two stars at the deadline, and yeah. I, I think they it's a smart move for them. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a smart move off. for them. No one needs to work his stuff out, or else they're going to be. But and then late in games, they have problems at the back end of the bullpen. This dude, I forget, he had two L's in his last name. Came Lovera, I think his name was. Came in and just started throwing meatballs to the Mets on Saturday. Like, I, and I loved crazy. every second of it. I believe my eyes. I, I, well, and I think to your point, uh, and I'm not trying to be biased when I say this. I don't think the Phillies. I, I don't think any team in the NL East can take on anybody. I, I think I don't know if any team in the NL East will win a game against anybody in the NL West. However, I do think if anyone had a chance, it would be the Mets because I think the Mets are the most talented team in the NL East when healthy. Um, obviously discounting Acuna because he's out for the season. Talking about guys that can like actually get healthy this season, which is Lindor, Baez, um, DeGrom, and such. The Mets have the most talented team. They're the only ones I think have a chance against the NL West, but I don't think the Mets will be there. And as for the Phillies, I do not believe the Phillies will win one single game in the playoffs if they make it there. Uh, I'm willing to put that. That's why I don't even think the Phillies will right. make it. I think that well, the Braves are going to get there, and they're going to listen. I, two people I forgot to mention. You, I, I mentioned Freed and Morton. They have Drew Smiley pitching still, and Freddie Freeman is no joke. He's no, Freddie Freeman. Well, Freddie team. Freeman. If you, uh, it's crazy to think about. Freddie Freeman right now is in what two ninety seven? Is it around there? Two ninety? Is that? Did I nail that? I think so. Yeah, yeah two ninety seven. Yeah. He was in two twenty for like three months. To make that leap from like two twenty to two ninety seven is an absurd. He you like that is not something you could do. Like that is legitimate. He's been hitting over three sixty since like I think it was two months into the season. And I, Freddie Freeman's been hot as anything. So I, I'm with you on that. I just don't think at the end of the day the Braves have made some moves to try and like fill in that hole Acuna left, but. At the end of the day, I don't think they have enough to make it to. They just, I don't think they have enough to win the division. And even if they did, they definitely don't have enough to make a serious run in the playoffs. Um, I think but, they're just going to be the one of the three of those teams that get out on top. And I think that Freeman's going to have a lot to do with it. I think down the stretch, getting Yanoa back is going to help their pitching too. Like we're forgetting about all these guys. I like Yanoa, but like you know, was like a young guy who was proving himself who got hurt, and now it feels like he's going to have to start from scratch. I, I'm not positive. He doesn't have to pull. He doesn't have to 
be the world beater. He doesn't have to be Cy Young. Like, he doesn't, but he needs to. They, the, the Braves need to win more games than they lose down the stretch. That's not any profound idea. That That is a fact. Um, that's just literally a fact. And I'm not confident they will. I don't think their team is good enough. I don't think I don't trust Will Smith as a closer. I don't really trust their bullpen in general. And I don't trust their lineup. I don't think Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler really move the bar for me that much. I, I, I think they've been so far. They've been hitting. They have been. Jorge Soler had a has had a trash year and then a good couple of weeks now. Um, right before he got traded, and now, and I just don't know if that'll hold up. I mean, maybe it will because track record that last year in Kansas City he was great. Um, I just I find it hard to really have faith in the Braves down the stretch. Personally, I think they fall out of it, and I think it is the Mets and the Phillies. And sadly, I'm really not positive the Mets are going to hold on. However, to me, no, that's what I'm saying though. It's like I I think I just have if I I have the most I have not I wouldn't say I have the most faith in the Braves. I would say I have less faith in the Phillies and the Mets. So and then I'm picking the Braves like. <laughs> I think fundamentally, I think the issues with the Braves are bigger than the issues with the Phillies and the Mets. I don't like the Phillies bullpen, but I I, I like it a lot more than honestly I like the Braves bullpen. And I would say watching the Phillies right now, they look like a playoff team. They're hot. The Phillies are having the hottest streak of their season. They are. They are. Harper is really getting them. They are rallying around Harper. Are we are we ready to put Bryce Harper in the NL MVP conversation? I am. I am. I don't I don't know. No, no, no. I, I don't I don't think it's not a matter of I don't want to start rattling off names because I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but uh I don't know if I'd put Harper in there right now. I, I'm trying to yeah. see what the odds are right now on him for futures in um uh, trying to see what that would be. Player awards, NL MVP. Right now we got Zach Wheeler is leading for Cy Young, which I figured yeah, Harper's second at plus 275. Sleeper pick, though, guys, uh, Trey Turner, if he really makes a difference for the Dodgers down the stretch here, he already is having a great season. He can really make a run for NL MVP if he has a great end of the season here and the Dodgers make, win the division or something. Not to keep playing Mookie at second. He's got to play for a bets. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's going to play short, though, until Seager gets back, and then Mookie's going to go back yeah. to right. It's, 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 Mookie will eventually end up back in the outfit. But, you know, we've taken too much time on the NL East here. Let's move it's it on, fine. Greg. I think Let's, we, we should we should talk about um, the wild cards, the full playoff picture now. Yeah, I, I I think we don't need we have really broken down all of the contenders here, so I think we could do this as a quick pick of Greg. Who are your wild card teams in the American League? I said this on the Instagram live. My wild card teams in the American League are going to be Oakland and Toronto. See, I have the same exact thought. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, no. I think that I, I, it's I th- surprising to hear that after maybe. We don't usually agree, but I do agree with you here. It's- so, I, A, I think Boston is fading. I could be wrong, but they have not been encouraging at all lately. Their pitching even has held up, but they're hitting. What are they doing? They're not hitting the ball at all. Like No, it's um, it's it's really been bad. And now they have like three or four games here without um, with Verdugo on the paternity list, which I know it's only four games, but when you're in four games while you're spiraling, it's not a great time. Toronto has, now maybe they've been beating up on plenty of uh, bad teams, but they, they have played 82 games against teams over 500. That's a lot. They're they're 500 against those teams. They are winner. They have a winning record at home and a winning record on the road. Great, good stats. 
They are a plus 123 run differential. That is better than the Rays, who lead the AL East. Um, Toronto's only three games out of the wild card. And I think the thing you're... I think that Toronto is... They're just, like, firing at all cylinders right now. They're the hottest... They are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. And what you're... In the last 10, right? I keep keep cutting you off. Yeah. Like, their, their offense is on fire. Vladdy is the, the hero of the day. And their pitching is really good. Well, that see, and that pickup is the thing that puts them over the top. And, and that's the so. thing I want to say. Like, you, trading a prospect like Austin Martin is never easy, but the issue that the Blue Jays have had all year is their bullpen and their pitching staff. And now you bring in someone like Jose Barrios, who is legitimately top of the sta- top of the line pitcher, and then you get Brad Hand, you fix that bullpen. Like, the Blue Jays can pitch now. So that story the full first half of the year where they couldn't pitch but they could hit, that's really not the case. The Blue Jays can pitch with anyone right now. They and the Blue Jays, have their bats. Alec Manoa, Robbie Ray, and now Berrios. And then yeah. Brad Hand in the bullpen. That's and Ross that's Stripling. Don't sleep on Ross Stripling as a, five, as a fifth man in their rotation. Like, no, the Blue Jays are for real. I am with you. I, I, I am a huge fan of what the Blue Jays are doing right now. And I think they're Even actually. Matt. Even Steven Matt. Yeah, no, they are literally, they're making a run. And I am excited about it. The, the Blue Jays, they're back in Toronto, which weirdly enough, I feel like is like it's, a, it's an old school baseball thought. But I think it's energized them in a way. They've had like this weird opening day in the middle of the season being back with their own fans and I really do love what Toronto's doing because they've always been able to hit that's never been the issue it's that they couldn't pitch and now they went out and got pitching they they smartly handled the deadline I, I and I think the Yankees are hot right now but I think they're gonna fall the the Red Sox like you said have been faltering I like what the A's are doing like we talked about before I think the A's will hold on and I think the Blue Jays are gonna sneak in and get that second wild card spot moving on the to the NL oh you the other scenario that I can see is it would be the Yankees versus Toronto. Um, and in that I, case, uh, I think Toronto would actually be the one hosting the game. Because uh, I feel like Toronto is going to finish higher than the Yankees. I could see the Yankees pulling it off to get in the game. I don't think they'll win the game. I think the first round will be Toronto versus Tampa. Um, and Or Chicago, I guess. They have a shot. They're all pretty close up there. But I think Chicago is better than people give them credit for like a, just because they play in such a, a garbage division nobody's paying oh no dude, chicago's great like but uh so they could take over tampa bay but tampa bay tampa's good like i think that that first round playoff series you're gonna get of tampa versus blue jays in my opinion and then chicago and houston wow that's that's gonna be something to watch. That that'll be a fun play, and I'm rooting for Toronto in that situation all the way. I'm with you. I'm with you. And at the end of this, I want to do like a quick. At the end of all of this, I want you to do just like off the top of your head where you feel right now. Gut check, hot heat check. Honestly, of uh, at the end, we're gonna do who we think what the World Series ends up being. All right, and a wild card. I, I don't really even think this is something we need to discuss much. I think it's gonna be the two NL West teams that don't make the that don't win the division. Whether it's the Giants. In the Dodgers or the Padres and the Dodgers. Personally, I think it'll end up being the Padres and the Dodgers. You think it's going to be the Reds. I don't think anybody. I think you have explained well, no, why. I think it's going to be the Dodgers Milwaukee. And oh, Milwaukee. Yeah, you're correct. Division. Yeah. But I, I so, and, and, and you explained why San Diego is going to fall out. Personally, I, I don't think Cincinnati is going to jump into that that quickly. Uh, but I, I, I don't think they're the only ones that maybe have. I mean, Cincinnati jumps into the divisional race, and then Milwaukee slides into the. I, I just don't see that path for Cincinnati personally. Um, 
And I guess the only argument could be made is that the West beats up on each other and then Cincinnati kind of sneaks in there. But I, 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 my gut tells me to not bet against the NL West here. Listen to my – this is my theoretical playoffs, right? San Francisco, Cincinnati, Atlanta, L.A., Milwaukee. That sounds right. It just sounds right to me. It sounds like the teams that. So should, should we go? We'll go. We'll go. We'll go NL and then we'll do AL. Personally, I got San Francisco in the West, Milwaukee in the Central. I have to do it. And the Mets in the East. I got. I have to do it because I don't think the Phillies gonna all, stay strong. I, I trashed them, but I, I do think fundamentally they're a better team. And if they could turn it around these next ten days from now, we could have this conversation. I'm like, now the Mets are done. But the Mets have a chance here in ten days to turn this around. And if they can right the ship here, I think the Mets can really win this division because they have more chances against Philly down the road. And Philly's bullpen is an actual issue. Um, and then the wild card teams, I think, are as they are: Dodgers and Padres. AL, Greg, who do we got? I got Personally, I have Rays, White Sox, Houston. I think those divisional races are all kind of tied up. And then, like we said, Oakland and Toronto. I think we both are on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tampa, Chicago, uh, Houston, and probably Oakland and then Toronto. It could be Oakland-Yankees. It could be Yankees-Toronto. I think Oakland-Toronto has the highest probability of happening. I think if there's going to be a Cinderella story, it'll be Toronto. Toronto could make a run. I feel like Toronto could easily beat Tampa and catch them off, catch them off guard. And then once they win that series, anything can happen. Like Toronto, can, you know what I mean? Like Tampa beat Houston. Like anyone could be. Houston's not a world beater anymore. Like they could be beaten. Forty nine and twenty nine against games teams over five hundred though. You know they are they are tough, but like Tampa beat them last year. Their bullpen's good. I don't know. Well, you know, before we end this podcast though, because we are this has been a long one. Greg, who is in the World Series for you? At, uh, on August, recording this on August, August 9th, 9th. Who is in the World Series for you? I have a hot take. Uh, I am going to say, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like I, I kind of want to just say, like I don't want to be a cop-out, but I want to say like Rays Dodgers. I don't really see much of a change there. Overall, like I feel like a lot of exciting stuff's going to happen in the playoffs. You could have some really It's going to be a really fun playoff. To, I, I think it this will be a be. very fun playoffs. But I feel it's going to fall into that syndrome of like NBA usually does or like NFL. Like the best teams are going to get there. I think Rays Dodgers. I think those are the two best teams still. Nothing's changed my mind. So I agree with you about the Dodgers. I have a very hot steaming take right now. What are you gonna say? Like the, the Cleveland Guardians are gonna win the World Series. <laughs> and uh, I think the Baltimore Orioles are gonna win the AL. Uh, the pennant. Regardless, I think it's gonna be Dodgers A's. The A's. I think the A's. Like for what I said about Loriano, even being in a marginal, I think the A's. What they do well is what you need in. The, what the A's do well is what you need in the in the postseason. And the A's pitch. The A's can pitch well. The A's can hang in with any team, and they've shown that. They've shown that throughout this season. They've stayed alive when basically all was up against them. I'm willing to bet on the A's. I, I, I personally would love to see Toronto make a run. Um, I think I would honestly have, a, regardless of that, I'm not even going to get into that, but for some reason I really like what goes on in Oakland. They are that team that uh, I, I, I call them my uh, my MLB TV team because I end up watching A's games like at 10 o'clock at night all the time. And they're a fun team to watch. They are a hard team to beat. They have really, really good players. They got Starling Marte now. Josh Harrison's been having a career year again. Matt Olson, And then, you know, Greg, I think the ultimate key to that lineup is the guy. 
Shut just saying. I'm just saying. Why are we ending the podcast? I will never not believe in him. And if Matt Chapman has a great postseason, Greg, which I believe he has the potential to, if Matt Chapman, but let me. I know you don't want to agree with me with the chat Matt Chapman point, and it may, it may be, it may be a ridiculous point, and I'm fully accepting of that. But Greg, let me know this: if Matt Chapman is the Matt Chapman of old during the postseason, tell me the A's aren't one of the scariest teams in the entire playoffs. They're certainly someone to contend with. They will certainly not be a pushover, and they certainly will compete if they win that wild card game uh, with uh, Tampa, right? Defensively, the A's might be one of the best teams left, and I think they could pitch with anyone. They can hang with anyone, and if Matt Chapman really takes off and former Met great Jed Lowry continues to do what he does, Sean Murphy continues. The the A's know who they are. The names you're throwing out there is not But this is the A's. This is what the A's do every (laughs) year. This is what the A's do every year, and they're figuring it out. They're not that good. Like, come on. I think the A's are a really good team, and I, it's a hot take. And you know, you sometimes you gotta throw that hot you take can't out act there. Like Sean Murphy's like David Justin. No, he's not. But he's hitting, <laughs> and he hits in clutch spots. And and yes, I can go the easy route and go Rays are gonna win the when the when when the pennant. But at the same time, I can win the White Sox. I really really like what I see from the A's this season, and and I really do feel like they have a shot. I just and I, I and and I, I could be I completely wrong. Man, I would say the Rays would be playing the Dodgers if I closed my eyes and opened them. And yeah, of course. But you know, uh, for the sake of this, I like getting hot takes every now and again. And yeah, no, I, I like what the A's do on a day to day basis. And and maybe it's a crazy point. You could be listening to this right now. DM me at Bacon Egg and Tommy and say, Tommy, you are crazy for thinking that. You want a hot take? Here, I'll have. The the two championship series teams will be Toronto and Cincinnati versus the Dodgers and the Rays. I don't know what this love for Cincinnati is. I think that might be. Yeah. No. I I don't think I'm not on the Cincinnati. Regardless, and San Francisco plays Cincinnati in the wild card game. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. All right. Well, Cincinnati wins the Central. There's a chance. Yeah, that's my hot take. If you want a hot take, L.A. versus Cincinnati in the NLCS and. Uh, I'll even go further than that. LA versus Cincinnati in NLCS. Toronto versus the Rays in the ALCS, maybe, if that's even possible. Uh, Or Toronto in the ALCS. And then it'll look like Toronto and Cincinnati will both win the first game of the championship series. And everyone will freak out and think that we're going to get a Toronto-Cincinnati World Series. But we're not going to. Yeah, because that's because Cincinnati. It'll be the Dodgers and either the White Sox or the Rays. Well, that's because Cincinnati won't even be in the playoffs. But more importantly, before we end this podcast, I think if we're, we're, we're shooting hot takes, the most important hot take is that of Josh. So, Josh, please give us your hot take for the rest of the season. God, wow, Josh. That was that was beautiful. That was Gosh, really. Listen, I, Josh, I have goosebumps. I, 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 listen, listen. I, I cannot agree less with that because if he, it, I cannot believe you're defending the St. Louis Cardinals right now. <laughs> Do you have somebody on their team in fantasy? Did you just pick up Adam? Man, Josh still thinks Tommy Pham is in the MVP race. I mean, oh I, I think. God, <laughs> Josh. On I that, can't, I can't do this. On that note, on that note, I wish a happy Marmaleos to you and your family. Uh, I'm very excited to announce that John Hamm will be on the podcast next week. Gregory, say goodbye to our fans. Goodbye, everybody, including John Hamm, who won't be here on the podcast next week. Why, do, why must you crush my dreams? 
why must you speak truth that is a lie? It's called speaking into an existence, and that's the last thing I'll say on to this podcast. If you dream it, you can do it. John Ham, I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you from us at, at Random MLB Stars. You have listened to a Random MLB pod. See you next week.